uh, welcome to General Conference Conversations, the podcast where we have conversations about General Conference. I'm your host, Kaylin, and I'm super excited to be here with you studying the words of our living prophets, apostles, and chosen leaders. I've loved listening to podcasts about Come Follow Me, and I saw a need for a podcast centered around the General Conference talks. Um, I'm not a scholar, I'm not an expert, I'm a 20-something who just simply adores the gospel. The things I discuss are my opinions. Um, As one of my favorite podcasts, At Last She Said It, often says, your mileage may vary. In addition to my connections and thoughts, I will include a list of questions at the end of every episode as a place to start with your own deeper study of each talk. And I hope this podcast will be a jumping off point as you apply these principles to your life. In that spirit, I invite you to read and study today's talk before listening to this episode. Listen for what the Lord is saying to you personally. Then come join me for a beautiful discussion together. Hello, hello. We're back for an episode. Um, I hope y'all are having a great day whenever you end up listening to this. Today's episode I'm very excited about. Um, to be honest, I had forgotten about this talk. I, um, as I was like going through my life, my gospel library app yesterday, um, looking at like talks and stuff, I went through and looked at some of my notes that I had taken for this, this conference, and I'm, you know, really bad at going back and looking at my notes. <laughs> Um, I always say I'm going to be really good at it, and like, I take notes in the day, and I'll reread all the talks and look at my notes and see what stuck out to me, and then, like, whatever. That doesn't usually happen, but, um, the only thing I had written down from this talk was a quote that I'll read to you when we get to it. It's, like, I don't know, like, three quarters of the way through. Um, and so I don't know if I was just distracted, or I was, like... I don't know, I just, I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention (laughs) during this talk, but, um, I really just, I don't remember much about it, but, um, I was really grateful I got to read it this morning because it's an amazing talk and something I needed in my life right now, a reminder that I needed. So, um, this talk is the first talk in the Sunday morning session, it's our relationship with God by D. Todd Christofferson, and, um, it's amazing. Anyway, so, I feel like this concept has been taught a lot, um, the concept of, like, you're focusing, like, the focus of your life, not the circumstances of your life, right? Or, you know, um, I was taught this in Young Women's, and it's something that I am very adamant about testifying about, is that, like, just because we have the gospel in our lives doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Um, it just means it's going to be a little bit easier. Um, and sometimes even that's not true, right? Like, it is not going to be easier Um, sometimes it's just really gonna suck, because life really sucks sometimes. 
so he talks starts all talking about Job. Um which was also kind of interesting because we just studied about Job in Come Follow Me last week. And so I was like, oh, I have a reference point. <laughs> I mean, Job is a pretty popular story, common story, but still. Um, but he talks about Job a little bit. And... Um, he says, it truly is folly for us with our mortal myopia, which I love that <laughs> phrase, to presume that, to, to presume to judge God to think, for example, I'm not happy, so God must be doing something wrong. To us, his mortal children in a fallen world, who knows so little of past, present, and future, he declares, all things are present with me, for I know them all. And... And then this paragraph kind of sums up really everything in his talk. It's kind of like the thesis of his talk. He says, Some misunderstand the promises of God to mean that obedience to him yields specific outcomes on a fixed schedule. They might think, if I diligently serve a full-time mission, God will bless me with a happy marriage and children. Or, if I refrain from doing schoolwork on the Sabbath, God will bless me with good grades. Or, if I pay tithing, God will bless me with that job I've been wanting. If life doesn't fall out precisely this way, or according to the expected timetable, they may feel betrayed by God. But things are not so mechanical in the divine economy. We ought not to think of God's plan as a cosmic vending machine where we one, select a desired blessing, two, insert the required sum of good works, and three, the order is promptly delivered. And... While that is very cheeky, <laughs> and I appreciate how cheeky it is, I also think that's sometimes how it's taught. That's sometimes how we think about it and how we talk about it. And I've talked about that before on here, I'm sure, of this, like, well, if I do this, then this is going to happen. And sometimes that does happen. And he does go on to say, he's like, God will honor his covenants and promises to each of us. We're not going to worry about that. Like, he is going to keep his promises and he's going to you know, follow through on the things that he's, he's promised us, right? Like, he's made covenants with each of us. We've all made covenants with him. He's also made covenants with Israel, right? Like, he's made covenants with entire nations. He's made covenants with the world. He's made covenant with the world that he's never going to flood it again, right? And we get a reminder of that every time we get a rainbow, Right? Like, there are things that he's promised because he's God and because he's bound by the laws of justice and because he's a merciful God and because he loves us. He's going to follow through on our promises. And so, like, we're going to be blessed for our obedience if that's what's been promised, right? But that promise blessing might not be in the exact way that we're expecting. And that's what other Christopherson is getting at here is he's like we don't just get to put in a blessing and demand a specific or put in obedience or good works or whatever and demand a specific blessing in return um and I feel like that sometimes it's how it's talked about and um, because that's sometimes how we testify that's how we like bear our testimonies like oh well I read my scriptures and I just felt better all the time I read my scriptures and my anxiety was gone. Or, um, 
you know, I paid my tithing and we were able to, we found a check for a thousand dollars that we hadn't, you know, we hadn't deposited yet. And so we were able to get to our next paycheck, right? Like it's those things that we start to internalize and we're like, oh, well, all I hear about are blessings of like monetary wealth from people who are talking about the, their, their tithing. And so, you know, I'm paying my tithing and I'm still, you know, really struggling. So am I not paying it enough? Am I supposed to be doing something else? Or you start to get mad at God and you start to feel betrayed. You're like, well, they're getting financial blessing. Why am I not getting financial blessing? And I think that's different than being like, God, you promised this thing to me. You know, and and also at the same time, like, it's also on God's timetable, right? It's not going to happen tomorrow. Yes, there are definitely times when I um, have prayed for something or fasted for something, and like, that week it happens, or like, a step in the right direction happens, and I'm like, okay, cool, you've got me. And yet, so here's an example. So we recently, my husband and I recently moved um, to a different province, to somewhere neither of us had ever lived, um, to take take care of his his grandparents' house that recently passed away. And we're both very excited about the move. We've loved it. It's been like three or four months now, and it's been absolutely the right decision for us. But like leading up to the move, it was kind of. It was a leap of faith because he didn't have a job. Um, I work uh, remotely for my parents' restaurant. But um, I, at the time, I wasn't making a whole lot. Since then, I've had a raise, and like that's helped. But like he was quitting a full-time, really well-paid job. Uh, where we used to live, and we were moving to somewhere we'd never been before, right? And so that was really stressful for us, of this, like, you know, any job will do, basically. And it was really stressful, because money really stresses me out. And, like, we were also moving into a home where we would be in charge of the utilities. We hadn't done that before. We'd been living with my um, in-laws, so we were paying, like, a little bit of rent, but we hadn't been paying utilities, we hadn't been paying for our own internet, we hadn't been paying for, you know, yada, 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 so it was stacking more on top of the, you know, car insurance that we were paying, and just, you know, stuff that we were already paying for, and I was like, man, that's gonna, it's gonna be a lot of work, and so, I think, like, a week before we moved, week and a half before I moved, was fast Sunday, and so I fasted, there's a couple things I fasted for, um, but one of them was that he would be able to find a job, and, like, three or four days later, he got a call from a hardware store in town that was like, hey, can you come in for an interview, we'd really like to hire you, and he was like, um, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll be there on Tuesday, or we'll, we'll be there, like, Monday night, I can come in on Tuesday. And so that was like a massive answer to my prayer, right? Massive answer to my fasting. 
And I was like, okay, God's got us. So where we're supposed to be, it's going to work out, right? Turns out he didn't get a job. (laughs) And he didn't get a job for another, like, three or four weeks. Um, And even the job he currently has is not super, like, consistent construction job. So it's not like, it's kind of like whenever they need him kind of a thing. Um, I've gotten a raise, but it still doesn't cover all of our expenses, of course. And, yeah, it's just, it's still stressful. But, like, in that moment, I had that reassurance. And that's kind of what we talk, what I'll talk about throughout this is that blessings aren't always about, aren't about the outcomes. It's about our relationship with God. And knowing that whatever he has planned is going to work out because he loves us. And he knows all, right? He knows all the past, present, and future that we can't really see. We can't see into the future. Sometimes it's revealed to us. But if we knew it was going to happen, what did his faith, right? <laughs> um, so that's kind of my first question for you and I've totally been in the same boat is when have you felt betrayed by God when a certain blessing hasn't come when you thought it would like maybe you were in that boat where or maybe you still are where you're like man I'm paying my tithing and I'm not getting financially blessed what the heck or I, I served a mission why am I not finding that person that perfect that person to marry or why is my marriage gone belly up? I'm, you know, I'm faithful. I follow the word of wisdom. Why am I sick? Or why am I dealing with fertility issues? Or whatever it may be, right? Like, those promised blessings that we kind of always associate with certain obedience. Have you ever felt betrayed by God? I want you to think about it. And think about it. I'm not, I don't want to like call you out. <laughs> That's not, I don't want to be like, well, shame on you for thinking that way because I thought that way for so long. And I still do sometimes. Literally, as I was telling that story, I was like, I, I have been mad at God the last few months for not, because I had forgotten about that or not why giving my husband a job right away (laughs) right like and for like the job that he has now is not the greatest (laughs) and um yeah like I I am not I don't want to call you out and be like haha but I feel that and I'm like a lot of people feel that and I think that's why this that he gave this talk was to be like um actually (laughs) That's not how we should be talking about blessings and, like, miracles. So, he goes on to say, It is essential that we honor and obey his laws, but not every blessing predicated on obedience to law is shaped, designed, and timed according to our expectations. We do our best, but must leave to him the management of blessings, both temporal and spiritual. Which is kind of what I was saying, right? Of, like, there are certain blessings that are, right? There's that whole thing, like, 
we can hold God accountable, basically. Like, if 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 we um, are obedient, He is bound by our obedience to do as He promises. However, that promise might not come tomorrow, or today, or even next year, um, and it, or it might not come in the way that we're expecting either. Um, like God is taking care of us in this town in other ways um, than financially, if that makes any sense. Like, and he has taken care of us financially. Like, I got a massive raise at work um, that has helped out a ton. Um, even if it doesn't, like, cover everything, it gives us a little bit more of, like, okay, like, a little bit more relief to be like, okay, we're not scraping by every month. We're not, you know, we're not going to clean out our entire savings uh, by the end of the month. Like, we can go a little bit farther, right? And, um, that's been super important to, like, knowing that we can still be here and knowing that we don't need to move. We don't need to move back. We don't need to whatever, like, whatever our next step may be. Um, so he goes on to talk about President or Brigham Young. So Brigham Young explained that his faith was not built on certain outcomes or blessings, but on his witness of of and relationship with Jesus Christ. He said, quote, "My faith is not placed upon the Lord's working upon the islands of the sea, upon his bringing the people here, nor upon the favors he bestows upon his people or upon that people." neither upon whether we are blessed or not blessed, but my faith is placed upon the Lord Jesus Christ and my knowledge I have received from him. And I think that's sometimes really hard because, well, as I was saying, just like now, what all do we hear in testimony meetings? (laughs) Of, you know, well, I did this and I was blessed by this and I did my family history and I, you know, know that my long-lost cousin was there in the room when I was doing their ceiling. And, you know, what does that say to the people who haven't had that feeling, haven't had that experience, and are doing their family history? Or they, they feel like they're doing it wrong? And I'm not saying that those testimonies are invalid. They definitely are. Um, I'm just saying that sometimes it's hard to, like not have faith in outcomes (laughs) when that's all we hear and even like the scriptures you know I think of the great sermons the great testimonies in the scriptures the ones that I think of are you know Nephi being like well why aren't you trusting in the Lord look at all the things he's already done for us and that doesn't make that invalid absolutely not like He's hearkening back to, you know, Moses, and he's like, um, he delivered his people out of bondage, he'll deliver us out of bondage as well, and then he does, and then he's like, and he brought our people all the way here to the promised land, and, you know, you still don't believe in him, (laughs) like, you still don't, and I think sometimes it's easy for us who have faith, or who have Faith, more faith in the in that moment 
to say something of like, well, how can you not have faith in Christ? Look at all the things he's done for you. When, you know, life is hard. (laughs) And it's easy for us also to like look at somebody who's saying, you know, I have faith because look at all the things that God has done for me. And be like, well, he's not really done anything for me lately. Even if he has, but you can't, like, you can't see it, right? Because you're looking at somebody else's blessings. Um, so it is, it's hard to be like, oh, yes, I believe in God because of all the ways he's blessed me. Rather than I believe in God because I know he loves me. I know the Savior saved my soul. I know that if I make a mistake, Christ will make up for it. And repentance is amazing. Like, sometimes it's really hard to, like, think of it that way because that's not the testimony we hear. That's not the testimony we read in scriptures. And so I love that he put this in here. That Brigham Young was like, um, my faith is not placed upon, like, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that he brought our people safely to Utah, right? Um, I'm grateful for the favors he bestows upon this people and for the blessings but my faith is placed in Christ and the relationship and the knowledge that I have because of him. So that's my second question for you guys is how can you do this instead? How can you trust in the Lord and not in outcomes? And that's going to look different for everyone and I'm working on this. Literally this talk called me out so hard. <laughs> As I was reading it, and as I'm recording this, the Lord's like, "Mm." So you're asking these people these questions. You need to ask yourself these questions. And I'm like, yeah, I know. (laughs) I know. I'm working on it. Because that's hard, right? Like, well, I prayed for this. I asked for this. I'm being obedient to this. I expect this. And, And we've been told to expect miracles. Like, literally, President Nelson was like, expect miracles in your life. And you can still do that. They might just look a little different than what you're thinking. Um, anyway. So, move on to my next quote. He says... Our repentance and obedience, our service and sacrifices do matter. We want to be among those described by Ether as always abounding in good works, but it is not so much because of some tightly kept in celestial account books. These things matter because they engage in engage us in God's work and are the means by which we collaborate with him in our own transformation from natural man to saint. What our Heavenly Father offers us is himself and his Son, a close and enduring relationship with them through the grace and mediation of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. I really love this quote. Literally, I bet, like, <laughs> I like was reading, I was like, man, how am I going to choose a quote to post on social media for this episode, for this talk? Because all of them are so good. Like, so good. And I, uh, I'm not sure how I'm going to choose. But anyway, I listen to a podcast. My favorite podcasts is called At Last She Said It. And they're amazing. And if you haven't listened to them, do it. I'll see. I'll try to remember to tag them in my posts today and put it in the 
the episode description, they had an episode quite a while back. I a few months ago I went and listened to like their entire backlog of episodes. So I don't remember when it was because literally it could have been two years ago that they made this. <laughs> but it was about blessings. And they talked about the meaning of the word blessing. Um, one of the definitions is to sanctify or to set apart. So you think about like you're blessing like the sacrament bread, you're sanctifying it, you're setting it apart for a specific um, purpose, right? Or you do literally a setting apart blessing for a calling or um, like confirmations, things like that, right? And And so they talked about how maybe blessing means that when we're being blessed in our lives, that it's not necessarily the physical, temporal um, blessings that we see that obviously happen because God is a loving God and he wants to work miracles in our life. But the blessings are um, our sanctification and our setting apart and are coming closer to Christ. And that's what he's talking about here, right, is the means by which we collaborate with him in our transformation from natural man to saint. Which is so cool, right? That, like, um, yeah, obedience and good works are good, and repentance is good. They matter so much. But not because, like, we're trying to be better than anybody else. Or because God's keeping a scorebook of like how many times we've repented or how many good works we've put into the vending machine, right? It's they're important because they're changing us. And they're helping us to bring us closer to God and to Jesus Christ. Um and then he goes on to talk about, which I also love Our Father is willing to guide each of us along his covenant path with steps designed to our individual need and tailored to his plan for our ultimate happiness with him. And we talked about this a little bit with, uh, in my last episode, um, about Elder Renlund's talk in the women's session where he talks about the revealed path, right? The revealed covenant path. And sometimes it's hard for me to be able to, like, think about the covenant path because I'm like, well, what are you talking about when you talk about the covenant path? And I, you know, always assume, like, oh, faith, repentance, uh, baptism, the Holy Ghost, and then, you know, and it's trying down and stealing and at the end, right? Covenants, literally covenants. And I think sometimes it's easy to be, like, to forget that we also have our own covenant path with God that we make covenants with him almost on a daily basis. Um, we make promises with him to do a little bit better, to repent a little bit more. And so I really love our Father is willing to guide each of us along his covenant path with steps designed to our individual need and tailored to his plan for ultimate happiness with him. It's our individual need. That it is his covenant path, it's what he's planned out, right? He's like, yeah, this is the thing, this is the plan of happiness, this is how it's gonna work, 
this is Christ, this is atonement, it works for everybody, but it might work a little bit differently for you. It's going to look a little bit differently, a little bit different in your life for X, Y, Z. And, I don't know, I just really love that. (laughs) So, he then goes on to talk about the process of God direct purging and purifying will of necessity be wrenching and painful at times. So in the midst of the refiner's fire, rather than get angry with God, get close to God. And he gives a couple of examples, or a couple of suggestions. It's call upon the Father in the name of the Son. Walk with them in the Spirit day by day. Allow them over time to manifest their fidelity to you. Come truly to know them and truly to know yourself. Let God prevail. And so I wanted to invite you to ponder the question, how do you get close to God in times of disappointment and struggle? And just any time, right? Like how is it that you get close to God? Maybe it's one of these things, praying to him and walking with him in the spirit and, um, you know, no, like studying them, studying and, and getting to know their character and their nature, getting to know yourself. Um, but like, how does that look in your life? Do you read scriptures every day? If so, great. If not, that's great too. You know, how do you... How do you do that? How do you come close to God? Um, so, he goes on to talk about... He gives uh, quite a few examples of... Um, men and women who um, who base their faith on God and not on like circumstance um, I think I want to throw in a little side here for a second before I move on with this I think it's also easy to base our faith on outcomes that we've seen in our own lives as well. Um, Because I thought about this, because the first example he gives is of Abraham. We learn Abraham one that he was almost sacrificed as well by his own father. (laughs) And that God saved him. And so a lot of people cite that as when he goes to sacrifice his own son, you know, that he's like, oh, well, God's done this before. He's gonna, he's gonna save my son. It's fine. But the example that he gives here is he's all earlier on this very same altar, that same priest of Elkanah had offered up three virgins who, because of their virtue, would not bow down to worship gods of wood or of stone. They died there as martyrs. That, like, but before that, he had literally seen three women be murdered, <laughs> be sacrificed on the same altar. And so sometimes I think it's interesting to, it's easy to be like, well, the last time I did this, I got this blessing. So obviously if I do this again, it's going to be the same outcome. And it might be, but it also might not be. And that doesn't mean that God loves you any less or that he doesn't want you to have this blessing or that you're not as faithful, you're not doing it right. 
um, it might just mean that it's a different time in your life. And so that thing that you're doing might not work the same way. So anyway, so he talks about Abraham and he talks about um, Joseph being sold into slavery. Um, he talks about Abinadi and Elman Amulek and Prophet Joseph Smith. Um, and he talks about a, a story that other book P. Hales told about a woman who was blind by the age of 11. And I think there was something I was going to talk about, and now I can't remember what it was. Oh, yes, this is it. When I was on my mission, uh, my parents separated. And this is about four months into my mission, so it had been about, about for about four months. And I found out on a PD that my mom was moving across the country. Um, so with my grandma. And they're separated. And um, a lot more has happened since then, obviously. That was like three years ago. <laughs> three? It's 2019? Yeah, three years ago. Um... So obviously a lot has happened since then. My mom no longer lives with my grandma. She's back in Illinois. But like they're still not together. They're still separated. Um, and a lot of things happened, right? And so a lot of things happened while I was on my mission. A lot of things came out. A lot of things that I didn't know about in my parents' relationship. Um, just a lot. A lot. And I wasn't there. And that was really hard for me. As the oldest of six kids, I was always the one that fixed everything, or I felt like I did. I, you know, I always felt like I had to fix everything, and I couldn't. And, you know, my parents, my mission pros, and all my companions were like, "You're not doing any. You wouldn't be doing any more good being there than you are here." And I knew that. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't planning on going home. Um, I definitely thought about it a lot. But not for that reason, honestly. There were other reasons I thought about for going home. That was a, that was a part of it. <clears throat> and I got many, many, many blessings on my mission. Um, you know, when I would have a particularly hard P-Day call with one of my family members, or I was just feeling particularly ick about home life and just you know, worried about my family and how everything was going to work out, right? And even, like, blessings that had nothing to do with that, or I thought had nothing to do with that, right? Like, I had asked for a blessing about, like, I don't know, um, I broke my toe. <laughs> or, you know, my anxiety had been really terrible. And, you know, I needed some reassurance, even in those kinds of blessings, um, there was always a reassurance of like, and also, don't worry about your family. God's got them in the time, the palm of his hand. And he's got a plan for them. And they're going to be okay. And we're still struggling a lot. 
it hasn't been all worked out. It's not perfect. My parents aren't back together. They're probably not going to get back together. You know, the things that I could automatically think of like, oh, well then, you know, that that obviously means they're going to get back together and it's going to be great and it's all going to be perfect again. And that's not the outcome that I think is going to happen. Um, and I thought about this because of this, this story that he, he quotes Elder Hales. He says, Elder Hales recounted, I've known Pat for many years and recently told her that I admire the fact that she is always positive and happy. She responded, well, you have not been at home with me, have you? I have my moments. I've had rather severe doubts of depression, and I've cried a lot. However, she added, from the time I started losing my sight, it was strange, but I knew that Heavenly Father and the Spirit were the mm, Heavenly Father and the Savior were with me and my family. To those who ask me if I am angry because I am blind, I respond, who would I be angry with? Heavenly Father is with me, is, is in this with me. I am not alone. He is with me all the time. And one, what a beautiful response. What a beautiful testimony. Two, uh, I totally get that. There were so many people that, like, I would talk to old companions or whatever who, um, you know, I would just kind of spell it out. I'd be like, yep, this was happening kind of very like neutrally mood because I had already kind of processed or whatever and they'd be like I'm so sorry how are you so calm and I'm like I'm not calm I look calm right now because I ain't gonna cry right now but I'm not calm like I've had a lot of tears and a lot of crying and a lot of anger and a lot of doubt and a lot of fear um, like, I have my moments. I love that she's like, I have my moments because I'm a human being. <laughs> and but I know in whom I trust. I know in whom I love. And I've had that, that promise over and over. And so I know one day, one day, like everything's gonna be okay. It may not be right now. I know it's not right now because things are still really struggling. But we're on our way to being okay. And um, I love this kind of one of his last paragraphs. He says, "In the end, it is the blessing of a close and abiding relationship with the Father and the Son that we seek. It makes all the difference and is everlastingly worth the cost." We will testify with Paul, the sufferings of this present mortal time are not worthy to be compared with the glory with which shall be revealed in us. And I think, I mean, I've talked about peace on here a million times because guess what? This entire conference has been about peace. But, like, the gospel, like I said at the beginning, just because we have the gospel doesn't mean it's going to be easy. And just because we have the gospel doesn't mean that, like, we're more blessed than other people or that we're going to see more miracles in our lives. We might notice more miracles in our lives because we know Christ 
because we know he loves us, because, um, because we know that he has us. And so we're going to have more peace. We're going to have more, more of a close relationship with him. And, you know, we're going to see the glory of God more. It's still going to be hard. But we can trust in the Lord and not in outcomes. So, so that's kind of all I have for this talk. I absolutely adore this talk and I love talking about this um, these these particular principles in this particular doctrine um, so I'll go over my questions again when have you felt betrayed by God when a certain blessing hasn't come when you thought it would uh, how can you do this instead trust in the Lord and not in outcomes And then I have one more. How do you get close to God in times of disappointment and struggle? Or just in any time. <laughs> How do you get closer to God? Um, and this is his, his testimony. I'll leave you with his testimony. So I bear witness that no matter what our moral experience may entail, we can trust God and find joy in him. And I also testify of that. <laughs> no matter what you're going through, um, God is right there next to you, and He loves you, and you can always count on that. Um, I'll see y'all next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of General Conference Conversations. Be sure to follow and share us on um, any social media. And if you like the show, feel free to leave us a review or tell your friends. Until next time.